What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your friendly neighborhood, Mr. Reese, also known as Reese the Poet, and I want to welcome you to another episode of The Reset, or I believe in perspective, purpose, and people. Value equals vision, and breathing don't count as living. It's more than motivation, it's change. So I want to thank you guys. You know what? Let me say it again. So I want to thank you guys. I had to put a little more emphasis into it. I want to thank you all for all your support because I have. I want to start this off with some big, 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 big news. The reset has officially crossed a hundred downloads. Now that may not seem like a lot to a lot of people, but the truth is, I believe it is a milestone. It is just the beginning, and I believe it's a victory not just for me, but for you. You did it. I mean, honestly, I'm just you know I'm just the instrument, and he is the speaker. You are the ones that shared. You are the ones that told your friends. You are the ones that went out there and did the footwork. And so I thank you so much. I thank you for your support. I thank you for all the people that have been there from the very beginning. And so I really appreciate that. And this is just the beginning. Like I say, I think we're next milestone 500, then 1,000, and then 1 million, you know. And so, um, yeah, so I, I really appreciate all you guys are doing. I appreciate all the support. I'm glad that you all enjoy yourselves. Um, and honestly, on the other side of that is, Maybe you have a story. Maybe you have some words that you feel like need to be said. Maybe you have something. Maybe your story is the key that could set someone free. Maybe you have been thinking in your heart, man, I really would love to do that. I would love to have my own podcast or maybe my own little show. Well, the truth is that you can. And I highly recommend when you need a host to get Captivate. That's who I'm with. You know, you look at my player, look at the bottom, you see the little Captivate button. I say, click that and they will take full care of you. You know, I really enjoy them. Good customer service. I mean, they're user-friendly and allows you to really get your message out there because your message matters. Every single one of you matters. When I talk about 100 downloads, yeah, it may be a drop in a bucket, but the truth is that it's a big deal for us because every single one of you counts. To me, every single one of you counts. Every time you download, it makes a difference. You further the movement. You encourage me. You, 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 I mean, you fill me with so much fire because I know that there's people who are listening and I know that there is a message that needs to be heard. And I know that you all are the change agents that are going to take this fire and fuel and going to go impact the world. You matter. Every single one of you, just like every single download. So anyway, all right. So I want to go ahead and jump into this thing with our quote. And I want us to really take a moment and really let this, let this permeate in our minds. Let this really dig deep. Check this out. Life is a series of defining moments. Everything we do and say are like words in a book and they paint the portrait of who we are in the heart and mind of the reader. So let me say that again. Life is a series of defining moments. Everything we do and say are like words in a book and they paint the portrait in the heart and minds of who paint the portrait of who we are in the heart and mind of the reader. So the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, that you, you are being watched. Every day someone is reading you. They're reading your soul. They're reading your identity. They're reading who you are based off of your actions. And although your mind may want to do something different, and although your heart may be different, the truth is what you do, what do they say? Actions speak much louder than words. I mean, we know this all too well with uh, what? People who have children. Whether you like it or not, your children are watching you. They're watching everything you do, everything you say. They're watching how you act. 
And more than anything, what do they do? They respond to what you say, but they copy what you act. They copy, they copy how you act, rather. Hmm. I learned this. I don't have children of my own, but I learned this with my babies, which are my youth group babies. I have worked with many different, I've worked at an organization and I've worked with youth uh, ages five years old all the way up to 18, 19 years old. And uh, so you you find that it is it is never more clear that children are watching you and are copying you than there. I learned that more than anything. And there were many stories I could tell you of how that how that showed very uh, how that showed itself very true. But there's one in particular that I wanted to share with you all that I'll never forget. I'll tell you about the six year old that changed my life. Hmm. The six year old that changed my life. So I remember working at a particular program and there was a young girl, six years old. She wasn't nothing but a little come up to my knee, little bit thing. But she was mean as a hornet. I'm talking about this little joker was like, like a, like a, like, like, I don't even know what she was like. All I know is she was like Debo. She had teachers running around there like, okay, I'm sorry. I mean, seriously, like this little girl, six years old, she ain't nothing but this big running around here. And she's, and I'm not talking about like, you know, get out of my seat. No, I'm talking about she's over there like, yo, watch out. Get out of my seat. Mm, move. And I'm like, wait a minute. What is this? What are you doing? What are you like Debo in the, in the doggone, in Pampers? Like what's happening right now? You know, and so this little six-year-old girl, I mean, honestly, to a lot of people, she was a terror. She was hard to deal with. She didn't want to follow authority. She she was just she just fought every chance she could. She was a bully. She was mean. She was all of those things. And the truth is, a lot of teachers had written her off and said she was a lost cause. And said, oh, she's just a problem child. She comes from a broken home, which she did. Turns out she was uh, just a lot of parents giving them, giving her and her brothers up at birth, just all kind of things. And so she had, there were emotional scars that were there that obviously turned out to be the roots of those things. But we weren't looking at that. She was, we, we were just looking at this. The fact that this girl is running around here, got everybody scared of her. Give me that toy. That's mine. Whoa, whoa, easy. And I remember there was a particular um, relationship that she and I had. For whatever reason, she seemed to cling to me. She seemed to, she opened up to me. She softened up to me. There was a lot of times where when no one could deal with her, they would come and get me and I'd come over there and say, hey, you sit down somewhere. <laughs> Chill out. What you got your little fist balled up for? So I remember there was a particular incident. And this is where she changed my life. I remember she came out of the classroom. She got kicked out, unfortunately. I went over to her. She came up to me and said, I want to come with you. And I said, well, you can't come with me. You got to go back to class. Well, she looked at me and she's got her fist all balled up and she's, you know, face all scrunched up and she's angry. And I said, first of all, you need to unball your little fist because I ain't do nothing to you. So unball them little fists, chill out, relax them shoulders, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and talk to me like a normal person. And so she's looking at me and she kind of slow. I put my finger in between her, her little finger, her little hand, and, you know, I stretched it out. I was like, yeah, that's better. Relax. Now let me see that smile I like. And she turns around and she kind of looks at me and she, you know how kids, they try not to smile, but, you know, they're trying to be mad, but you're making them smile, and they're just kind of like, you know. And she looks at me, and she, and she smiled, and I said, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. That's the face I like. That's who I like right there. And so she looked at me, and she, she, she repeated, she said, you want to come with me? And I said, well, I can't let you do that. You got to go to class, but if you go to class, then we can, you can come help me uh, clean up later. 
So she says, okay. And she was a little frustrated, but she said, okay. So she goes into the room. Approximately, I don't know, maybe about an hour later, I was working with my teenagers and I had them all in the cafeteria area. And so I left for two minutes to go check on the situation. I came back and my teenagers have lost their minds. I mean, literally, they are, they are, I, I thought I was looking into the zoo. I said, what is going on? I mean, they've got, th their brains clearly left their heads, went in the parking lot. They're jumping all over everything. They're throwing food. I mean, I, I, I mean, I was furious. I mean, just imagine 38 hot times 10. I mean, I've got fire burning, rising in my soul like, like Dante's Inferno or something. Like, I mean, I am, I am livid. I'm through. So I go flying over there and I stand outside of the door for a moment, just watching, just preparing the most angrily motivating speech they're about to get. I'm about to lay down the smackdown of the century. I mean, just, we, we're not playing basketball until, until the sky cracks open and you playing basketball with Jesus. I mean, seriously, like I am furious. And as I'm standing there with my fists clenched and my body is just tightened, I mean, the Marine Corps and, and is rising up inside of me, all of a sudden, I feel this little finger come out of nowhere and, and I feel this little finger just trying to stick its way into my head and I what is that I look I'm like who is what is this and sure enough guess who it is that little six-year-old and I looked at her and she looked at me and she said boldly unball that little fist you ain't finna hit nobody Yes, I I was speechless. I, the same words that I told her, unball that little fist, I'll never forget it. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? You're right. You're right, I'm not going to hit anybody. You're right. And everything that led up to that point, I thought about her, thought about all of our interactions. I thought about how you are always being watched. Your actions are always being watched. Everything you do is laying the foundation, is putting something in front of someone's eyes that they are going to, they're going to see. That same girl who I told her to unball her fist, I told her to chill out, relax. She came and... <laughs> I didn't even think she was really paying that much of attention. She came and stopped me from blowing up. And at that moment, that little six-year-old girl changed my life. The same one that they wrote off and said that she was a lost cause. The same ones, the same one that she they say said was, you know, nowhere to, you know, there was no turning her around. That she was just, you know, just broken. She was messed up and we just had to put up with it. She ain't paying no attention. She don't listen to nobody. The same one, the least of these. And that's a whole nother thing. But the least of these, she was the one and she was watching. She was reading my book. She was reading my soul. She was reading my actions. Will you stand for what you told me to stand for? Because I wanted to go crazy and blow up. Are you going to go crazy and blow up? And I just imagine, I imagine if I had gone in there and did not see her. And I went in there and blew up on those teenagers and said all the things that even things I probably didn't even want to say. And she would have seen that. You know, I read a quote some time ago that said, live like your future is watching. Hmm. Live like your future is watching. 
do you live like your future's watching? Let's just take it out of children. Say it's not even children. Say it's not even your peers or your friends because they're all watching too, whether you uh, know it or not. But say they're not even looking. Say your, your boss isn't even looking. Say no one is looking. No one's looking at all. But you have to look yourself in the mirror. And when you look in the mirror and you envision this person that you supposedly want to be and you envision this person that you're trying to be and you envision this person that you believe that you're destined to be, what would they think if they saw what you were doing today? What would your tomorrow say about what you did today? Hmm. Life is a series of defining moments. So... <laughs> How about when that boss is getting on your nerves and you want to cuss him out? Or that one person in the, in the, in the line is, is getting all close to your cart? Or that one person that's in the uh, drive-thru that's beeping and horn at the... Or, or when you're at the stoplight and you got that one person that's not moving and you could just beep your horn, but you want to go and do the extra mile and you do the long tone. And all of that. And then you got to speed up and let them know that you, are, that you do not approve of their driving behavior in your own special way when you start uh, waving at them with the one finger wave. Ooh. Yeah. Life is a series of defining moments. When you go to your job and you know they got a few extra supplies laying around, they ain't paying no attention. It ain't like they counting this stuff. I mean, you know, I could just slide a few. Life is a series of defining moments. And I'm not telling you what to do and not to do. I'm just telling you to be aware. This is decision that these are decisions that you have to make. You line up what is your ethical, what is your moral code? What is how do you want to be defined? How do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be like everybody else or do you want to be different? Life is a series of defining moments. <laughs> so, one of my favorite movies and I leave you with this is uh Troy. Right? So I like uh I like warrior movies. I like, you know, the old gladiator, strong, valiant, honor, courage, and commitment. I fight for my name and legacy. And I like all of those things, man. You know, I, it's interesting. I wish more of us had that kind of mindset. That we set ourselves on a goal and we protect what we love and we stand for the fortitude and foundation and strength that men are supposed to have, and we have this, you know, valiance, this honor. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. However, um, I remember there was a particular scene in the movie that really stood out to me that I want to leave you with. And it goes like this. The battlefield is broken, soaked in blood, and there's a stalemate between the two militaries. They line up and they send out their best champion. And they say, here is our champion. It's very similar to David and Goliath. But here is our best challenge, our champion. And so he comes out and if anyone can defeat him, then what? we will surrender. And if anyone, he defeats you, then you surrender. And so uh, what they did was they went and sent a, message, sent a messenger to go get Achilles. Achilles is the uh, lead of the movie. And so Achilles comes out and as he's getting ready to go to the battlefield, he gets on his horse and the little boy goes to him and says, oh man, you know, this, this giant, uh, you know, he's, he's a very large man and I'd be too afraid. I, I wouldn't want to fight him. Hmm. And Achilles responds in the most warrior way possible. He responds, and that's why no one will ever remember your name. Hmm. Hmm. 
<laughs> you ever had a scene in a movie where you felt like you did something? Like you felt like, dang, that was, I did that. I said that. Uh, okay, maybe it's just me, but, and he goes off to, you know, do what he does and, and he ends up winning the battle and so on and so forth. But I thought that was very interesting. I would ask you this question is that, um, w- will anyone ever remember your name? And if they do, what will they remember you for? How will you be defined? Let's be honest. How will you be defined? I mean, because the truth is, you know you better than anybody else. You know what you're doing when no one's around. You know when you're sleeping. You know when you're awake. You know when you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. (laughs) But you know you. You know if your actions and your words line up with who you say you supposedly supposed to be. You know. And I don't want I don't want you to think that I'm coming at you trying to make you, oh, you need to tighten up. And no, I'm not doing that because the reality is, is that this is your future. The question is, do you live like it's watching? This is your life. The question is, you have to ask yourself is how will you be defined? When it's all said and done, when the when the book is closed, what is going to be in that story? Hmm. For that reader who watches. Who is gleaning off everything you're saying, everything you're doing. You are being watched not only by the world, but you are being watched by your future. You are being watched by yourself. How do you represent you? You do you an injustice by living beneath the means to which you are called. Hmm. Let me say that again. You do you an injustice by living beneath the means to which you are called. That's character, honor, optimism, strength, excellence, nobility, these type of things. You are chosen for such a time as this. So I challenge you, live your life as if the future is watching your life and everything you do and say is a series of defining moments how will you be defined your future's watching i'll see y'all next time peace